0: buddy Kurt here Tracy is on sabbatical she is not feeling that well so we gave her the night off or day or wherever you're listening to this but uh, I'm here to have an awesome interview we've me and this person have actually been internet friends on Twitter for a long time but we had limited we've had limited conversations so it's actually nice to have her on to be able to talk to her about some of the things that she's got going on and there's some there's some fun things that are kind of going on right now it's kind of hard to say because it's like you know you could say in the pipe or coming out but like uh, some of the things i want to talk about i know are like on their way whatever doesn't matter she's made she's made some awesome games like bosk ghostbusters the card game uh you'll also see some awesome things coming out here in the future like scott pilgrim miniatures the world and kodama 3d it's erica bouyeras erica
1: thanks for coming on Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the question we kind of ask everybody, but I'm, Trying to phrase it differently, I feel like I I have like the same three questions when I'm like trying to do better. How'd you, be, how
1: you start? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, what What's your mechanics or theme first? Oh my god! And okay, so uh, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta
0: cross these off right now. Like literally, I'm pretty sure like the I'm first three uh, three questions are what you. I think
1: using. that's what everybody asks. Ah, I know. Uh, like it's, we do so... it too. I'm sure we do it too.
0: Okay. So. okay, so I'm gonna phrase this differently. So what what hobby game got you into the board gaming? Community,
1: you know what? It, it funny enough, it was the very classic idea like Carcassonne and Catan. Oh, okay, gotcha. but it was a little earlier than when they actually came out here because a friend of mine had gone to Germany for a year to go work at a hostel oh, and he nice. was a super board game nerd. So, of course, what do you do when you come back from Germany? You bring home a shit ton of boards. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. yeah sorry you you bring lots of board games home (laughs) and of course it's all these wooden bit ones that you've never seen before because they don't exist here and so you're playing these games going like this is fun this is weird what's a meeple like you know what i mean and then i think it was a few years. i want to give it like two or three years later all of a sudden we're like wasn't that game that that game you brought home from germany (laughs) And it just kind of spiraled from there because by that point, it was obviously like the Ticket to Ride bonanzas. Like he also taught us bonanza. Like there's a lot of very German influence games to start. Nice. And then I would say Ticket to Ride is kind of that next big one where it was like, okay, now it was more North American. But I would say definitely those German Euros that first came over and then those German card games that first came over. That's cool. Were the big ones that were like, oh, this is so much fun again. I Because I had a huge board game collection when I was a kid. But of course I had like, you know a lot of the cheesiest things that are all yeah. plastic or play-doh or you name it, it yeah, was in yeah, the exactly. box we really did have a lot of board games growing up so we kind of took a lull from it and we were like a really big card players for a long time <laughs> uh and then all of a sudden it was like oh games are not just kid games again like kind of thing if that makes sense
0: mm-hmm. That's cool. And it's funny because now you can say I, I liked Carcassonne or whatever before it was cool, before it was really cool. You know, well,
1: it was more like I was like, I remember this game. They were <laughs> like, How do you remember this game? I'm like, I don't know. I played it before. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome. It's it's like it's like coming from the future. You know, it's like, oh, I love this. This is gonna be the best thing you've heard of ten years later or whatever. You know. Like
1: well, it. here's the fun part though, because the rules aren't in English. So my friend Jana taught mm-hmm. us the rules, but there's no guarantee he remembered them all perfectly. <laughs> I'll be fair. So for all I know, <laughs> I did not play the actual yeah. right game because he did it all from memory. Yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna trust because Jana. Jana's, we like to call it, like Jana's a bit of our rules guru. Like he's like, we'll sit there and read the whole thing before you even gets anything started. Yes. I'm like, you know what? If he says something's a rule, probably a rule. Probably, <laughs> right,
0: yeah. Well, the, the, if you think about it too, like most people, when they play a game a few times, they get something or lots of things wrong because yeah. it's a learning curve. So, you know, just playing something that's not in its own language and then having to learn it in a certain way, it's like, as long as you kind of get the gist of it, like you can fake your way through it. You know,
1: we were having a conversation about that exact thing on Meeple syrup on the, <laughs> if you have a shop talk page and someone said, someone's playing my game wrong, but should I tell them, but they're having fun. And should I just leave it? We're like, just leave it. Cause I guarantee you, like three or four plays in someone else will say, by the way, did you know you're playing that wrong? And they'll be like, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I I've seen that moment enough times to realize that it's yeah. like, Nope, everybody does it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it makes me laugh about the whole German thing, like bringing something in. That's not your own language is stuff like that. Like a buddy of ours, Dan, like he, before Orleans was reprinted again, he grabbed like a German version of it. And he's like, well, I don't know anything about German. You know, I have to look things up. I'm like, it just, it just goes to show you how much love you have for a hobby. If you're willing to like, I really love this game, but i, I it's going to be hard for me to play it. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. already hard enough to play games sometimes, like, but to put that much more emphasis on it is just interesting to me.
1: Maybe that's why Oink does so well is because for the most part, most of those games can be explained in a few sentences. And even if you're wrong, you can't be that wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe
1: that's why they do so well all over the world is like, eh, you basically do this and somebody wins. Is that cool? Okay, let's go.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. That's funny. So another question that you've already got in your head because you've asked it a million times. So how did you get into the designing of games then?
1: So that was okay. So for the most part, I really, really enjoy creating things. Like I'm a very hands-on sort of person. I'm also a teacher. So I get a lot of chance to do that through my job, but I like to learn new skills of how to make things. So I've done, you name it, drawing, painting, sculpting, cake, decor, whatever you name it. it. I've tried it at some point because I'm like, ah, let's see what happens. Let's see what it's like. I just like to learn how things work. And so at one point I got in my head, I was like, why don't I make a game? Like I always had this idea that I was one day going to write something. I was going to write a novel, a book or whatever it was. And funny enough, it kind of clicked that I was like, a game is such a faster way of telling that story than I'm to <laughs> sit down and write that many chapters because you could basically live a whole story in a 45 minute game if you mm-hmm. really put it together properly. So there was that was kind of a bit of the spin of the why did I just suddenly make something I was like well can make things I've played enough games I'm wondering if I can make my own story or make like how like start figuring out mechanics and things Mm -hmm. like that and so I started just playing around with like making little games and a big part of making games for me too was like what is this game industry because I was lucky enough that being in Toronto there's a ton of game designers here. I can't mm. say there's any publishers. There's a ton of us. And I'm talking like when I was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. It's like, it's Eric Lang. And it's <laughs> like, you know, you know, Christopher Chung, and it it's Daryl Andrews. And it's like all these people. And you're just like, oh, hey, hi guys. How you doing? Uh, you know, these are like my first games. <laughs> like that. But I thought it was like, okay, well, I want to get to know this, what this game community is. Like there's a board game design community. Like people do this. And so I started, I don't just do anything half fast. (laughs) I kind of (laughs) jump full feet into things sort of. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I want to understand more about this industry. Like, what do you do with these games when you make them? What happens? What's the process? And so just my curiosity kind of like I started, I helped start a, a prototyping event in Toronto and then through that, because there really wasn't any. Funny enough, there's a ton of designers here. We have no events. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we all come to you.
0: Oh, this is wh-
1: and also why you'll see Canadians traveling in packs. It's because that's where we finally get to meet each other because we never <laughs> get to try- meet here. <laughs> anyway, so I started doing that. And through that, I actually met a few more designers. That's actually the first time I met Daryl and Sen and things like that. I found out about the Game Artisans of Canada, which they're a part of. It's kind of this mentor mentee sort of thing and so when i started showing my first couple games and uh i had actually met daryl because he was going to be part of the prototyping event and he's like oh, i've got this game it's you know i don't really know what to do with it i was like well and i was like basically it's like here's seven different themes that this could be <laughs> and he's like do you want to make a game and so eventually we actually started we, i he asked me if I wanted to join the game artisans. Uh, So I I kind of, I started on as like his apprentice and he sort of, you really do need in the board game industry, someone to kind of walk you in a little Mm -hmm. bit. There has to be kind of introductions. It's overwhelming and it's overwhelming if you have to do it yourself, because that is a ton of relationships, networking, you name it. If people can be introduced, that saves so much of what it takes. And so that was a huge step for me too, is being surrounded by these people who kind of had these connections. Now the problem I didn't realize was their pace isn't normal. (laughs) So so when I stepped into this, I was literally comparing myself to all the people I just said. I'm (laughs) like, Oh, okay. This is normal. And I was like literally thrown into the deep end of the pool and I had no idea that's what I just did cuz it was like just i was like there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was just one of those really strange things cuz i was like okay i did not know i had jumped in fully cuz <laughs> i didn't understand there was a difference. Yeah. Just well, everybody around me was these, you know, full yeah. not either full time or well known designers. I'm like but yeah. this is what you're supposed to do, right? This is what people do, right when you make games?
0: Yeah yeah exactly you you definitely found the busiest people to jump in with right away it's like i have 32 games on you know in the background waiting to be released and you're like i don't have that many hours in a day so how are you gonna you know accomplish that
1: i thought that was normal so when i started showing up the cons daryl and i walk around with a suitcase right like i thought that was normal (laughs) And then other people are like, I pitched one game. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's that really? <laughs> but then I, it's also you know you start to learn different types of personalities of uh, of game designers, right? And some people have what we like to call their babies. You have that one thing that you work mm-hmm. so hard and you like. You just put everything into that one game, and that's the one thing you really just want to focus on. And maybe you want it to sell, maybe you don't, maybe it's just for you. It's a pride project, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I think some people make it more for the art of it. That's me. Like, I'm like, I just think it's fun to make stuff. Mm -hmm. It's for me, it's like kind of getting to fulfill that. I didn't make a novel, but I kind of did. You got a story. You know, this is what you do to finish your like go through your whole story and how the story works, right? Yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah. It just, it just makes me, it's heartwarming and yet it's, it, sometimes it makes people like me feel bad. Like, you know, like I make this podcast, okay. And it's a lot of hard work. People don't see it behind the scenes. It's a lot of editing. It's a lot of.
1: I do that too. It is a yeah. lot of editing. Yeah, I exactly. YouTube and a podcast. It is a lot of editing people. Yeah. And well, if I don't, we sound dumb.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Yeah, the, the same thing when you talk to people, you know, some people you have on for the first time and they're like, they're like, oh, that was stupid. And it's like, it doesn't matter. I'll take it out. You can? Yeah, I can. Like, how do you think that it, I sound, I have way decent, like- I'm a babbling idiot, but luckily this thing called editing makes me feel a lot better. And like, that's why we don't do a lot of live stuff sometimes because I just don't want to be Mr. Rambling Idiot.
1: Yeah. Our, the Meeple Surf Show is live. So it's really (laughs) funny because I got to the point where when I was editing, I'm like, I'm only going to edit out stretches of either silence, crazy ums, um, you know, things like. because there's a lot of people I've noticed, especially if they're tired, they um a lot and when it adds up, it really does sound very different when you cut it all out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is funny because me and Tracy have this had this bet going now to see if she can have less ums than I have, you knows. Because for some reason, we always <laughs> do those. And it's like, again, this is probably another thing that I do. I say it's like a lot too. Probably because I grew up in California and that was just the thing. But, you know, <laughs> there we go. It's just one of those things or just sometimes – you want to get to the next thing, but your brain is like, okay, stop. Let's think about something, but yet we'll throw in the you knows or the ums. I know there are people out there that do really good that they stop silence for a half a second and they move on to the next thing. And I go, you're a genius because I can never do that.
1: Well, they're good. You know what also means? They probably understand that I could just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, if i'm really being lazy i'll be honest i don't edit i just rip the audio break from yeah. our videos because we're live anyway if something happened it happened but oh yeah
0: and yeah. the people that are li- people are listening or watching or whatever like they come for what you have so what does it matter if there's a couple of ums or yeah. a weird awkward yeah. silence or something like that it just it happens
1: yeah i'll plug the show really quick because we're what live wednesdays Uh, meeple syrup show and we're basically like a designer you know kind of like the industry from the design perspective so Mm -hmm. we we have uh we we talk to a lot of publishers designers we talk about what it's honestly like to be in the industry like you know have pretty candid and open conversations about everything to do within design and then the gaming world itself
0: yeah, that's awesome because I, so. I feel like I feel like there's not enough of that. I feel like it's it's becoming a little more prevalent. There's some podcasts out there and some live shows that are really taking a look at the design thing, but I feel like there's still there could there's still opportunity out there to, you know, for that because I know there's a lot of people out there that are Wanting to do you know design games and
1: oh anyone could be a game designer to be yeah. fair it's like yeah. even if it was that one game yep you're still a game designer you know yep. what I mean yeah, exactly. and so it's just it's just kind of getting started but yeah one of the that's actually one of the reasons we started uh, the Meeple syrup shop talk page was for people who are not only industry but half the people in the shop talk is industry the other half are newbies just people who are like curious about stuff or want to listen to things and kind of just learn you know if someone's asking you know, production or Kickstarter questions and they're getting answers. This is how you learn. So you don't Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, so you don't get burned by stuff to be fair or so just so you can avoid some certain things and maybe things can go a little better. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of really good information that if, You just, you do have to join communities to really get a nice sense of information. If you want to join, if you want this to sort of be a business, like I won't say this is like my job or anything, Mm -hmm. but I've been lucky enough that, you know, I've got games picked up and it now means that there's a chance for money to start coming in from them. And that's super awesome. So it makes it a bit of a business, right? But yeah.
0: You've designed some games, and some have original IPs, like you've got your Scott Pilgrims and your Ghostbusters and stuff like that. So when coming into games like that, is it something where the game company comes to you and says, you have this, go for it? Or is it something you go, I have this idea for this game, but I think it would be cool if it had this theme on it.
1: You know what? There's three different things that happen with IPs, and I've been through... Actually, I guess I've technically been through all three now. I'll be fair because I'll explain one in a minute. Technically, it's an IP because I didn't invent the universe. Nice. So one can be you get outright approached saying here is the IP. This is the sandbox. This is maybe the type of game we're looking for. Almost as vague as that, though. Mm -hmm. And go make a game. (laughs) And so and there's usually something that 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 comes that vague also comes with really hefty timelines (laughs) so here here's here's the bare essentials of what we're looking for go make us something right now and you have very little time to do it in and so if you ever notice mistakes in ip stuff uh, i will tell you it's probably because of something like that because there is expirations on ips and so Mm -hmm. it's not that anyone's trying to trying to push anything through it's that legitimately you can like your license is gone and you're not sitting on games
0: yeah you're like oh i really want to have this game be a thing but you know it's only you know six months whatever i'm not going to put an actual time on it because i don't know for sure but that brings
1: the next two options which are better for these types of things uh and that comes down to either reskinning a game so oh. something that kind of already exists, which is actually what Ghostbusters was, it already existed as Ink Monsters, but it got reworked to actually, there's quite a bit of mechanical differences by the end of it, but a lot mm. of similarities as well. Like it's very foundational, you can see that they're where the game came from, but the scoring is completely different, just the collection method is kind of the same. So that's one possibility in that case, an existing game, let's just change it up. The last one is, is that there's games that people already make. Like, let's say, you know, that, that prototype you have at home, you have already come up with this game, this game is already actually a really good fit for an IP someone else has. And then, so you're going to have companies then like, let's say, uh, USAopoly's or let's say like a Ravensburgers or things like that, where they have a ton of IPs. And yes, you know, USAopoly has like internal people who make games, but they need more games. Mm -hmm. So they need designers. And so if they're not going to outright say, make that game or I already know what game I'm going to reskin, they say, show me games. And as they're watching you pitch games in their head, they're going, does this fit the list of IPs? I I know I have, Mm -hmm. right? And there's certain companies like Ravensburger actually send out lists of IPs of things they're specifically looking for. To designers who are part of their like NDA kind of like loop yeah so you can kind of get a sense of maybe what people might want but you kind of have a bunch of different inlets when it comes to IP work The the one that can be the hardest sometimes is the start from scratch and move as fast as you can.
0: Mm. Hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, like, I I understand why this probably happens, but at the same point, it it's like almost throwing somebody into a sh- into shark filled waters and say, oh, try to survive. You know, and it's just to go. me, it, it's it's kind of like, uh, uh, why why do we do this, people?
1: Yeah. So, uh, interestingly enough, so Kadama 3D right mm-hmm. but, so this was a game that was put into the kadama world like i didn't invent kadama right yeah,
0: daniel Solis did that was gonna daniel be my n- that was gonna be another question literally you've gone through every question that i've met about, about i was gonna freaking bring up so thanks a lot you did you did my whole job why so am there, i here what I,
1: was, what I was gonna say is you want to know what the real what this game was before it was trees
0: Ooh, i can't wait do i guess Let's see. So instead of the 3D trees, it was going to be something They were not trees.
1: Else. You still collected pieces from the center. They were very, very important. You were still sending out some sort of little thing to do it for you that nice. was kind of connected to you. And you were building off of something.
0: Oh, geez. I I, could, I can't even guess. It's, still,
1: it's nature-themed.
0: Nature-themed. So you're but, not build- but
1: a live animal. So
0: you're building off an animal? Underwater. A whale. Hmm.
1: Uh okay. it was uh decorator crabs. So that, you know the crabs oh. that stick all the things <laughs> nice. on their backs? And yeah, so what yeah, they yeah, did yeah. is you send your babies out and all the tiles are coral instead of branches. And they are literally decorating mama. They're making this huge thing off the back of her, but they're doing it set collection wise. They're doing it to put together colors and types and, you know, sets and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's based on objectives. So you have objectives for the types of sets that you're looking for. And every mama has a favorite color. So you get bonus if you get that type of coral. Nice. Kadama is basically the exact same thing, but you don't really see it anymore. So all the trees are those coral pieces, and each tree is a special type for some reason. Like, they will have <laughs> something that the Kadama wants, or it'll have a little trinket or something like that. Sorry, and you're still basically doing the same types of set collection, but you're building up the tree to to make your Kadama happy, nice. rather than make your mama happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah. so when you make a game like this, how do you how do you, you know, is it something where you're always conscious of the other game and like trying to be like, okay, I hope, I hope, hopefully I'm not making Daniel mad by making this other game. And hopefully it's, it's different enough. You know, what's your thought process when you go into something? Like
1: that? See, it's interesting. A lot of the reworking on Ghostbusters was on kind of like our end, whereas the reworking of Kadama, like the overlay of it, they actually did more on Daniel's end because, oh. The game was essentially exactly what they wanted. They just had to Kadamaify it.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Uh, so, as far as I know, there's not really any rule changes. Mm-hmm. It's just the mama's favorite color turned into. Well, each Kadama has something that they find special.
0: Interesting. So, they so, look so does that? Does that? Are you okay? Like, I know, like you, you signed off on it, but are, mm-hmm. are you? Is there a part of you that thought, "Oh, that I like that. I like the crab idea. I thought that would have been cute."
1: It's all good. You know what the thing with the crab game is? It was one of those games that it was pitched up a number of publishers. Everyone seems to like it, but I think there was something that... A lot of people are afraid to get into kid market, which is different now. Because you have yeah. to think, well, even when the last, like, two, three years... That's true. Kid market's totally changed. Okay, yeah. but two to three years ago, people were afraid of kid market. And mm. I think crabs were cute, and so it was too kitty, <laughs> right? And Well, so- you know what?
0: Think of Think of Moana, like he that was we a collector actually crab.
1: there was a potential possibility of looking at that at one point but it didn't end up happening oh, um, but anyway this was just as perfect because it was kind of like it is the same game yeah, yeah, it's, just it's just got its different. trees it's yeah. just kind of funny when it came out because of bosk was also a tree game And <laughs> people <'Cause laughs> nice. were like are you making tree games i'm like well it wasn't really genuinely a tree <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: yep so yeah uh yeah page west a friend of the show would be really excited about the whole tree thing so
1: i know page hopefully
0: page yeah hopefully page is is also
1: canadian because did you know all us canadians know each other yeah
0: exactly exactly (laughs) even though canada is such a big and wondrous place apparently every canadian knows each other
1: because you know we're a little community it's adorable (laughs) uh actually page helped playtest uh scott pilgrim game super early oh nice yeah uh i don't know if he ever played the steven universe one uh, cause I had, uh, both of them have been at breakout, which is one of the few Toronto events that we do have, which nice. is very much about, um, RPG and board gaming. And I did have both prototypes to two separate years. At, uh, breakout. I can't remember if he played both, but yeah, because Paige is an awesome play. Like he loves be- volunteering to be play So you're yeah. like, okay, totally. I'll take your <laughs> playtesting. Yeah. Because that'll be my next. Actually, those both of those IPs are the, the first category of I was approached to do them based on being finding people finding out like Steven Universe. Like someone they found out I was a really big <laughs> Steven Universe fan. <laughs> Uh, with Scott Pilgrim, it was like, not only was I a Scott Pilgrim fan, but I'm also from Toronto, which nice. is where Scott <laughs> Pilgrim is set. So, yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, I've been to all of these locations that are real. I've like, yeah, yeah. literally been there before. So those ones were the from scratch, sort of. Uh, Scott Pilgrim was, uh, I wrote a proposal because it was supposed to be, hopefully, they were hoping a minis game. So I sent through a proposal of like what a minis combat game would look like but one that was still accessible to, to more of a mass market too because comic book collectors and board gamers, we intersect, but it's not, it's not a super heavy overlap. Like Just because you're in comics or just because you're in games, you're not necessarily into the alternate. Yeah. So it doesn't mean you're a heavy gamer. and So you have to be really careful with minis, combat games of what, what that means to people. Mm-hmm. And so what I tried to create was enough of an easy enough dice allocation system where you just assign your dice to like, the different types of moves you want to do. But you could build up your characters and have these crazy combo outs and you know things like that where you can like, blitz the game in crazy ways. It's just supposed to be a crazy sandbox where you know the powers of everybody, try to rough it out as best you can, where it's like, okay, basically you want to take on Matthew. Well, you do it with roughly this amount of hit points, throw anybody combination you want at him go nuts <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's sort of what the game was intended to be because it was really meant to be all six at once mm-hmm. and then it got chopped yeah. for the uh to kind of suit kickstarter it got hard to sell one big six level package game with like 20 mm-hmm. something gigantic <laughs> colored minis right because part of this was also brian o'malley got a chance to Almost have like this full toy line pop up around his his franchise, right? Mm-hmm. With this game, he got every character he got. you know, I did full pop-up boards for the venues. everything's 3D. You're throwing 3D furniture at each other. Like <laughs> it's just supposed to be a crazy fun, huge homage, but kind of like an open world video game of just like Smash Brothers <laughs> a little bit, even though you sort of have teams
0: yeah yeah exactly so when it comes to something like this and it's going through renegade games and like you know that you're gonna get quite a few people and then all of a sudden it just blows up like what does how does that what does that feel like you know it's like you know you you I'm sure you've made some of your games and you're like okay well it's it's made it to you know a lot of different people a lot of but this is you know kind of global kind of going out to a lot more people than some of your other stuff like how does that make you feel when you know that that's happening
1: I'm excited because the next two releases are going to hit the Comic-Con circuit. <laughs> nice. Right? Because what's really cool with Bosque is Bosque is going international. Like I'm seeing, awesome. I see pictures of Bosque in like Korean, French. <laughs> I've seen people posting about it in Japan. I'm like, I can't tell you how crazy that feels. That's awesome. But the what's really neat is with Scott Pilgrim and Steven Universe, that's the Comic-Con crowd. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a different crowd. Yeah. And so if I can make games that people find fun and interesting and but at the same time like a lot of those people are collectors the game has to have a certain like at flat out that the games have to have a certain appeal because there's a ton of people who buy things they're not necessarily going to play a ton but they want it because they love it like you know what I mean. And so I want them to love the game but I want them also say like this is beautiful or I need this because it's now my new playset. Yeah (laughs) exactly. You know, I, I, I so that's, that's very much kind of a thought that went into the Seaman universe and the Scott Pilgrim game is Seaman universe. Thankfully, we got to have a list, a little bit of original art. So the whole thing is set at Beach Palooza, which is like this big, this beach party that they throw in the town. And so the, everything is set at night. These characters with like glow sticks, like <laughs> it's a party, right? So it's yeah. this big rock party. And, you know, monsters crash it, and of course you have to beat the monsters. But it's it's, got, it's just really pretty to look at, too, not just play the game and feel like, you know, get to feel like you get to beat these characters and, you know, help help some corrupted gems, hopefully find their way back to not being corrupted anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> stuff like that, right? <laughs> Whereas I know people are going to buy Scott Pilgrim both hopefully to play, and I hope they love the sandbox. They really, really do. It was meant to be like this leveled succession thing, like, like a a video game where it was getting harder and harder. Mm -hmm. But what we ended up having to do when we chopped it into levels because someone might only buy one in four is instead try to give a easy medium hard Mm -hmm. where if you want to go after this guy, set this amount of points across however many characters you want and you should be able to somewhat have an even match. But at the same time, this game is a bit wacky chaotic. You never know what's going to pop up. You never know what someone's going to throw at you so just go with it (laughs) right (laughs) and see what kind of battle you come out with yeah and that was the hopeful you know what i'm really hoping fans will get from both of those but even people are saying like with the scott pilgrim one i'm gonna set this up on my shelf and Mm -hmm. display it
0: yeah and that happens with a lot of miniature games you know people people use it more for other things than the actual game itself which is you know interesting i a buddy of mine does the same thing you know he has a crap ton of hero clicks. He's like, I don't really care about playing the game right now. I just love having it on a shelf and going, This is this is my thing, you know.
1: Yeah. So. It's characters, you know, or care and the thing is is Scott Pilgrim one, for example, is there's no product. So what got really interesting with the we ended up launching the Kickstarter twice because the first time People kept saying, but where's the ones I could paint? Can I just get the minis by themselves? (laughs) Like, this is a whole different fan base, right? Mm -hmm. And this is not something you usually talk about when you're doing a game. People don't usually ask, can I just buy the toy? Yeah. Right? And a big part of that is is because they're not gamers. Yeah. And so that was a really interesting one with the campaign is we reworked the whole thing there was now unpainted versions painted versions you could buy the box set of the characters you could you know what i mean mm-hmm. it became this whole other thing based on like you need to know your audience when you're selling a game and this audience isn't just gamers this is this is collectors this is comic book readers this is it, it's very different this yeah. is not just hobby Ho- the everything outside the hobby market is very different than hobby mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, and it's good that you have that thought because a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that probably don't, you know, there's probably a lot of people that come out with something and they think, well, I'm just going to come up with what I want this version to look like. So it's a good thing that, you know, you're thinking about that because, you know, otherwise it could be something that could be dead in the water after, you know, so long because if you're not doing it for the people that are really interested in it, especially when it comes to something like this, you know, it's like, it could really backfire.
1: So yeah, you have to do this for the fans. Like, I'll be honest. I've got, I've got IPs coming down the pipe, but I picked them because they're, I think they're so much fun. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to immerse yourself in something, it's like, you better love it. Because yeah. you need to know it or people are going to not like you.
0: <laughs> yeah, people like will know it right away that they're like, okay, obviously this person has no clue what this is about.
1: This person doesn't know the show, they don't know the franchise, they don't know whatever it is. It matters to the fans, again, those collectors, right? It's not just the gamers, it's the collectors too. You're, that's who you're making them for, it's both. I think it's important to say both. I'm not saying anything about having, like, make sure the game is great. Everyone's game yeah. should be great. But what I mean is, is you have to be so much more yeah. than just the game in that in that sense. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah that's
0: awesome. So what's, what's something that you can, I'm going to ask this because I love asking this. So what's something down the pipeline that you can tell people about that maybe people don't know about?
1: Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything yet. Oh, come on. This sucks. Uh, I could say <laughs> it's I okay bet. if you
0: if you can't you can't. I'm
1: just wondering. Well, I've got two projects. I believe there'll be two coming with Deepwater. One is because uh, Deepwater also connected to Source Point. So I'll give you at least it's a comic book connection nice. uh, for one of them. And the other one is actually uh, not connected to Source Point. It's just a silly little game that Daryl and I made. That is ridiculous fun. So I'm waiting for that one as well because a very different spectrums, but Deepwater is expanding their line. They want to, a lot of industry people, a lot of um, publishers. Are diversifying as much as they can right now because you have to have the you almost have to have the kid family gateway you know have you almost have to have one of everything at this point yeah and more and more publishers are working to do that uh, you can't I don't think you can just be one thing anymore because you have to be in as many stores as possible right
0: yeah definitely well that's cool it seems like it's crazy I don't know you we've t- we talked before the show you have kids you're a teacher. You've got these board game things. Like, how do you have time for life? I don't understand it, but we're excited. We're excited that you board have time have for Board games have become my
1: things.
0: life. <laughs> exactly, right? You're like, I wonder this every day. What are you asking? Come on.
1: Well, I'll be fair. This year, I'm going to try to slow down a little bit. Just con-wise, cons are hard because it's a catch-22 of it. It's the cost and the time, but at the same time, you need to get there to talk to the right people and have the right meetings. And so I've been lucky enough, I've been grinding it out for, think about, I don't know what I'm at, three years now, mm-hmm. uh, which I know is both a lot and not a lot of time. I do understand <laughs> that, but I've made, a, I've been lucky enough. Like I'm willing to kind of talk to anybody, nice. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and people are people. So as long as you just be nice, be courteous, you know, hopefully I think it's important to show up with uh, at least a bit of variety of what you're capable of. So, people remember you and don't just think, oh, yeah, but that game didn't suit us. It's like, okay, but here's, I'm going to pitch you three to five games. You all have an understanding of what I'm capable of. So, next time, you know, I ask for a meeting, you're more likely to say yes because. Who knows what you're looking for now and you know that I'm always going to show you yet another variety because I don't think I've ever made any of my games remotely similar even once. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So so if anyone wants to get a hold of you, follow you on what you're doing publishing wise or the podcast, I know we just kind of talked about it, but you could tell them again how they can how they can reach you or, you know, follow what you're doing.
1: Uh, yeah. So um, besides being on the Meeple Syrup Show, which is a live show every Wednesday night where we go live to Facebook. Um, so if you ever want, people can jump into the comments. You can ask questions like, you know, either ask the host or guests or, you know, just talk to other people in the comments amongst <laughs> yourselves. It's works too. Which also then flips into um, a podcast that we, we have running. And there is also the Shop Top group. So if you ever call my name out ever on facebook group or shop talk group you'll definitely get me because i'm the admin on both (laughs) along with sen and jesse uh but uh, most of my game stuff i'll be fair is more on twitter uh so my twitter handle is uh frenemy games but it's frenemy with an i to be like the actual friend part (laughs) i always thought it was funny that the word basically just said for enemy (laughs) and so i was like Wait a minute. A portmanteau needs to be two words like equally smashed together here. I know that sounds really dumb. I'm it's nerd logic. So I kept the eye. It's front of me with an eye. Just go with it. <laughs>
0: that's Perfect. So yeah, that's exciting. You've got again, you've got lots of cool stuff that's out already. You got a lot of cool stuff in the future. So it'll be awesome to see what's coming out and then we'll have to have you come on and come on again and talk about what else is coming out. So
1: Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely.
0: So thank you to Erica for coming on the show. Join us next week. We're going to have another awesome interview. We've been very lucky. We've kind of kept the interviews going with some other stuff smattered in. So good stuff for the future. So until next time, I'm Kurt, and this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Legends of Tabletop
1: Podcast. Creating legends, on one die of a time.